Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. I'm kind of an enigma. I can break your horse, I can ride your bronc, I can rope your bulls, I can ro- I, I can do whatever you want me to do. I can also do computers, I can make websites, I can do everything like that. And I also like Eminem. And I ain't talking about the candy, I'm talking about that, that fancy singer-rapper guy. And one of my favorite songs of his is off of a, uh, off of a show called 8 Mile. And the main song starts out like this. It says, what if you had one shot? What if you had one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted? Would you capture it or would you just just let it slip away? That's my question today. And I remember the very first time that happened. You know, when, when, when you have an opportunity that arises, I know that Scott and Kendall both, I mean, when they heard God's call, man, they were going back and forth. Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to do this? Their wives were probably saying, no, you don't want to do this if they were smart. And because uh, that's what my wife said. I knelt down with her one, one night in, in, in a trailer house on Kinosa Creek Ranch in Kinosa, Texas. And I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. I'll say what you want me to say, and I'll go where you want me to go. And my wife was looking at me like a cross-eyed cow, like this. She'd be like, I don't want to do this, but she's been great. What if you had one shot or one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted? Would you capture it, or would you let it slip away? Before we go any further, let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you so much for this opportunity. I thank you for this line camp in Castle Rock, and I also thank you for those three others in Montrose Delta and Sublet County. And God, I ask a blessing on Open Range Cowboy Church and also for Cowboy Up. God, just strengthen these pastors and strengthen these people that are doing these line camps. And God, we know that the results ain't up to us. We're, we're planting that seed. We're going out and we're filling a gap because that's what you told us to do. The cattle that are in front of us, we know that they'll come. God, we just thank you so much and we're going to depend on you. And God, I ask that you just shut my mouth and let the Holy Spirit speak right through me. And God, I hope that people hear your message today. In your name I pray, amen. If you had one shot, if you had one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, would you capture it or would you just let it slip away? Mine came in 1993 in Lubbock, Texas. I graduated from uh, high school and I went straight to college to Texas Tech University in Lubbock. Did a great job at school. Absolutely hated it. I just wanted to be a cowboy. I thought, you know, after cowboying, you know, my dad worked on the Rocker B Ranch and I was out there every day helping him and everything. I didn't want the life of a cowboy. I was going to make me some money. I was going to go be a doctor or lawyer or banker or something like that. That lasted about two and a half days. And I got sick of being indoors. And I mean, you know that, them cowboys, y'all know what I'm talking about. You get that itch just to be outside with a horse between your legs and just doing what you know God made you to do. But I, you know, I signed up to do this and I was paying a lot of money to go to school. So I just kept plugging along. And one, one day my phone rang. Now this was before cell phones. And I know I just seen about three kids cringe. They don't know what that's like. This was before cell phones. I answered the phone. Hello. This fella says, Kevin Weatherby. I said, yes, sir. He said, this is Mike McMurray. Now Mike McMurray at one time was married to my aunt. So he's like a, is that a step uncle? I don't know how, I'm not good with family stuff. But anyway, he was an uncle of mine at one 
one time. He said, Kevin, it's Mike McMurray. I said, well, hello, Mike. It's been a long time. He said, I knew I knew somebody lived in Lubbock. He said, you want to meet for breakfast tomorrow? I said, you bet I do. He said, I got something for you. What is it? He goes, you got to come to IHOP in the morning right across from the camp. I said, I'll be there. So we went to the IHOP and we sat there and we caught up and we were doing this and everything. He said, now, Kevin, you know I used to be the manager of the San Pedro Ranch at Carrizo Springs. I said, yes, sir. He said, that fella that owns it called me the other day and said that he needed a cowboy. He said, how would you like a cowboy on a big ranch in South Texas? I said, it's a dream. It would be an absolute dream to be able to cowboy. And and nothing against my dad. I love my daddy to death. But you know, whenever you're working under your dad, it doesn't matter how old you get, you're always the kid. And I wanted to go out and, you know, make a name for myself and everything. And so I told him, I said, man, Mike, give me that number. I'll call that fella and I, yeah, I want that real bad. And he's like, all right, here it is. So anyway, he gave me the number and everything. Now, see, I had had this girlfriend that I went to high school with, and we ended up going to the same college. And at one time, I thought I was going to marry this gal. I'm sure glad I didn't. No offense to her at all, but I love my life right now, and I wouldn't be where I am today if I had. But I remember I called her, and I remember just as vividly as anything. Do you know that you can look back and see those momentous times in your life? I remember looking back, and I can picture me sitting in her car driving down. We were going going home for the weekend. You know, her parents lived in Big Lake. Mine lived in Big Lake. We was going home. And she said, how are you liking college? And I said, I just want to be a cowboy. If I had the chance, if I had the opportunity just to go to work on some ranch, I'd probably take it. And she goes, I know that that's been a dream of yours for a long time. Well, now that dream had come true. Now, I hadn't called this fella yet, but I picked up the phone that evening and I called my girlfriend and I said, hey, girl. I said, guess what? She said, what? I said, an ex-uncle of mine, he come up and he said that I can have a job on a big ranch. She said, where? I said, South Texas, which was about 40 and a half hours from Lubbock. And she said, for how long? I said, well, I don't know. I guess till I quit or get run off. She said, well, you're not going to take it, are you? I said, well, why in the world would you say that? She goes, because if you take that job, I ain't waiting on you. And I knew that that moment had come. Could I leave everything that I thought I wanted and go do who I knew God was calling me to be? And so I said, well, you know what, honey? I said, that makes the decision real easy. And she goes, well, I thought it would, so you're not going to go. And I said, I'll see you. I have seen that girl one time since then, since that conversation. Now, I tell you what, it sounds all glamorous, putting your cack in the back of the truck, heading down the road, getting down to this ranch. Now, let me tell you about the San Pedro Ranch. The San Pedro Ranch, it was illegal to speak English. Now, that is not true. It's just that nobody that worked on that ranch, there was three cowboys from Muskies, Mexico, Antonio, Tomas, and Zeferino, three of the greatest hands I've ever had the privilege of working with, and none of them spoke English. Well, I take that back. Antonio, he knew, he knew like three English words taco burrito and tostada so we you know we just communicated a lot with food you know it's like come on taco he's like oh okay i see i understand and so anyway i got down there man and i'm living in this bunkhouse and this bunkhouse is just they said that they would provide the meat for me I opened up expecting to see steaks and hamburger meats and maybe some pork chops and maybe a yard bird if there was one around. I opened it up and there was an unskinned hindquarter of a javelina hog. That was my meat. And I ate it. Should have died. God protects the ignorant, I guarantee you. But you know what? 
sat there and I did that kind of stuff. And I'll never forget, I laid on this bed. I just put my bedroll out on this twin-sized mattress. It was held up with four four-by-four posts with a single nail is what's holding it up. So it's not that sturdy. And it was so hot, I would open up two windows and just pray for a breeze to blow through there. Does anybody else just think it don't matter how hot it is, you think you have to have at least a sheet over you? Move to the San Pedro Ranch, you'll get over that crap real soon. Man, I had everything just like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. It'd be like 98 degrees at 2 o'clock in the morning. You're going to think I'm joking. I'm not. There was times that I had to lift my pillow up and swipe the blister beetles out from under my bedroll. That's what kind I lived with. Dad come and seen me one time from the Rocker B, and I told him, I said, hey, when you go take a shower, I said, you just stay calm. He's like, what for? And I said, because I got a tarantula that lives in this house. His name is Charlie. And I said, Charlie, when he hears that shower come on, he going to run over there and he's going to climb in that shower with you. He's just going to stay off in the side and he ain't going to bother you none. Dad said, oh, bull crap. I said, all right. He went in there to take a shower and then about two minutes later I hear, ah! He's like, there's a trash. I said, I told you, sissy. You know, but you know, the, when you work on a ranch, man, they, I don't care what they say. Oh, you know, we work five, five and a half days a week. You work seven days a week on a ranch. Ain't no different cowboy being a cowboy preacher either. It, you, you know, you just work all the time. I get, I don't know what time Antonio Tomas and Zeferino got, got up out of bed. The earliest I ever got over there was 3.15 in the morning to where they, in their bunkhouse where they stayed. They fixed me breakfast every morning. It consisted of a flour tortilla with an avocado. And we'd cut that avocado in half, smush it onto a tortilla, put a little salt on it, and that's what we ate every single morning. I don't know what time them felt. I don't even think they slept. They, they was that tough. They just stayed awake the whole time. And so say you, you don't have a, you don't have a, uh, you don't have an excuse this morning. <laughs> Not really. But anyway, you know, and as, as much, you know, being a cowboy, there's a fine line between being courageous and just being an idiot. I mean, there was things that I did. There's this one time that I was on this bronc and we moved yearlings every single day on a rotational grazing deal. And then we'd break horses whenever we wasn't moving. We got out there and I mean, I was on this horse called Atrevido and y'all probably heard me tell the story before. Antonio tells me, he says, hey, yeah, he told me to ride over there. And I look, and it's just nothing but just solid prickly pear cactus. I said, hey, yeah. He said, see, si. I said, hey, yeah. He said, see, si. hey, yeah. See, and we did that for about 30, 40 seconds. Anyway, I got over there and I, and I asked him in Spanish, in my broken Spanish, I said, what happens if he starts to buck? He said, do not come off. You want to learn how to ride a bronc? Just come with me to South Texas and I'll teach you how to ride a bronc. But anyway, you know, it, sometimes you could call it courageous. Other times we just didn't know no better. It was just something that we did. But despite the blister beetles, despite the heat, despite the loneliness, because I won't lie, man, I had spent years with this girl and I thought I was going to marry her. Now I, my TV didn't even speak English. I got over the air out of Piedras Negras. I got pretty good at Spanish the first time I came home after I don't know how long. I walked into my house and my little brother said, Hey, brother, good to see you. And I said, Man, what's up? He said, Why are you talking like that? I'm like, like what? I hadn't spoke English in two and a half years. But you know what? Through all of that, through all of that, I was absurdly happy. You know, even, even during the bad times, it was just so good to be who God called me to be. And I had no regrets. I knew when Mike asked me that question, you want to go cowboy? And that had been my dream. I knew that that's what I was made for. Now, I didn't know at the time that there would be another question 
later on. Because see, that first question led to preparing me for what I do now. I no longer gather cattle. I do sometimes. I'll be going, I got back from the T.O. Ranch Brandon, going to go to another Brandon this weekend. We do a lot of that stuff, but I gather men. Just like Jesus said to his disciples, he said, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He told me years later, come and ride with me and I'll make you gatherers of cowboys and cowgirls. And I knew that that was another momentous question in my life. What if you had one shot, one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted? Would you capture it or would you just let it slip away? This is the fifth sermon in a series that we've been doing called Insanianity. Now the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people approach their Christianity in an insane kind of way. They accept Jesus Christ, but they still keep acting just like they acted before they came to know him. And it doesn't have to be like that. As a matter of fact, Paul tells Timothy, a young preacher in 1 Timothy 4.12, he says, Don't let anyone think less of, you, less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, and your faith, and your purity. We've already talked about in the way that you, in what you say, be an example in what you say. And I ain't talking about not cussing. I'm just talking about being positive. Being encouraging. Quit being a negative all the time. Be an example in what you say and the way that you live and the way that you love. Be an example in your faith. And what in the world does it mean to be an example in purity? Well, you know, a lot of, you, you, you know, you might be jumping ahead of me. Well, he's going to be talking about purity, so this is a big old deal about sin and everything. You know what? It's not. Sin is actually just a symptom of what's really gone wrong. It's not what's wrong. Sin means that, some, that the, you got the first part wrong. And we're going to talk about that. How can a person be an example in purity? Christian purity isn't about what you do or don't do. It is a measure of your willingness to count on Christ for everything. To follow him. Isn't that the first thing he told those cowboys whenever he walked up to them? He said, come and follow me. Follow me. If you get that part right, and if you're following God, man, everything else will line up right behind you. But what happens is we want everything to line up without following. You've got to get that part right first. So how do we do that? Well, if you flip over to 2 Timothy, Paul tells Timothy, I love these two verses. He said, so never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. Think about that. We're talking about how do you follow God? What can you expect? He says, never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord and don't be ashamed of me either, even though I'm in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. That's what being a Christian is right there. What did Paul say? He said, don't be ashamed of the outfit that you ride for. How many times has God told you, hey man, witness to this guy. Ask this lady what's wrong. 
Man, you need to call her. You hadn't heard from her in a while. You know what? You want to go by there? You know that old cowboy that he's getting on up there in age and he might need a little help? Why don't you go by there? But too often, we don't want to offend anybody, but we ain't afraid of offending God. Are you ashamed of who you are? Are you ashamed of the outfit that you ride for? If you want to follow God, you got to throw all of that out the window and start riding for Him unashamed. You got to be ready to suffer. And what, you know, th there, there's a prosperity gospel out there. And you know what? I, I'm not here to criticize or anything like that. But you know what? It's not all Skittles and French kissing unicorns, okay? I mean, you read that good book right there, and you'll see that those guys, man, all but one of them first 12 cowboys was killed. All but one of them, and he spent most of his life, you know, in trouble or on the run or exiled to the island of Patmos or anything like that. I mean, guys, if you think that Christianity, that whenever you come to Christ, that everything's just going to be rosy, man, you've been lied to. That's the devil working on you. He's going to say, you know what? Yeah, you go to Christ, everything will be well. And then the first problem you have, the first time you get in a wreck, the first time you get bucked off, you're like, I quit. Well, a cowboy don't quit just because he gets bucked off, even if it's in the cactus. We got to keep going. Don't be ashamed of the outfit that you ride for. Be ready to suffer. And then Paul says that God saved us and he called us. You know what? God has called each and every one of you. And I am so proud of all of y'all sitting here, all of you in Kiowa, all of you on the internet, all of you on the radio, all of you at the line camps, because you know what? You say that it's hard to hear from God. You heard from God because you're here today. You're not here by accident. God told you to be here and you came. He saved us and he called us. He wants to give you purpose. It is His power, not our own, that allows us to do what we do. One of the worst bad habits of Christianity is whenever Christians come to know Christ and then they start trying to do things on their own. They get on fire. Boy, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this. Man, you know what? Cut that out and just start following God. Ride for that outfit. Don't worry about everything. God, you know, think about this. You look back on your life, and I look back to the San Pedro when Mike sat across from me in an IHOP, and I can vehemently, that is a big word. That is a big word. Write that down, somebody, if you can spell it. It has a Q in it. Um, I can tell you that even when I wasn't following God, he was right there with me. And so if God was leading me when I wasn't even following him, if he was right there with me, if he was so in control of my life without me knowing it, how much more is God going to lead me whenever I am trying to follow? Man, I am invincible and I cannot fail. Why? Because it is Christ in me that does that and he can't be beat and he will not fail. It's not me. I don't do all this. I don't do this preaching. I just try to do what God is telling me to do. And I have faith in Him that no matter my shortcomings, that He's going he's gonna to work through this. It is His plan, not ours, that fulfills us. Too often, man, we chase these worldly desires. And I've even seen Christians think they're following God, but they're really not. They're following the worldly desires. They just tried to put a new label on themselves. Just because you call yourself a Christian doesn't mean that you're a Christian anymore. If you wear a cowboy hat, it makes you a cowboy. Or if you don't have a hat, that you're not a cowboy. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with what's inside of us. And it is God's plan for our lives that we should be seeking, not our own. Not our own. 
We can't earn or pay off anything that God gives us. We didn't deserve. You know what? I want you to think about something. Every single one of us just took a breath and you just let it out. You didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve that whatsoever. It is by the grace of God that we breathe and that we live. And you know what? God has no need of me, but I have a tremendous need of him. And it is only then will you find your purpose, will you start following him. Jesus started out with 12 top hands and he asked him to go make more. I mean, isn't that the the gist of it? The Son of God came down, rode into town, lived a perfect life, gathered up 12 cowboys and said, you know what, I'm going to teach y'all what you're going to end up teaching the rest of the world. And you know what, you want to talk about uh, an enigma? Man, he didn't go to the local church and pick out these priests and everything like that to spread it. He went over here and got some some no-account sorry dudes. I hate it when somebody says, well, I ain't good enough. Of course you're not good enough. None of us are. Neither was those 12 cowboys that he called first off. But he's got a plan for each and every one of you. And I'm tired of the excuse of, well, I don't know what to do. I'm telling you what to do right now. Follow God. Do not be ashamed of the outfit that you ride for. Be ready for the wreck. It's going to come. Be ready for the wreck. Because when you start following God, man, the devil's going to bullseye you. He's going to take pop shots at you. God saved us. God called us. It is His power, not ours. It is His plan, not ours. And it is by His grace that we do everything. It is not our job to grow churches. It is our job to proclaim the gospel. I don't care about the results. The results are up to God. He told me to plant, not to grow. I can't can't do anything. It is only Christ living in me that does everything. You know what? Those 12 guys... Jesus promised them three things, and I love When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you even read Paul's letters, and that dog is watching me like he's listening. That is cool. I, I, I promised a while ago he nodded his head and licked his lip like, amen. Jesus promised those top hands, those 12 first cowboys, three things. He promised them that they would be completely courageous. Think about that. He promised them that they would be completely courageous. What was the one thing that Jesus said over and over and over and over and over? He said, teach them to obey what I've commanded. What did he command more than any other thing? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. He promised them that they would be completely courageous. He promised them that they would be absurdly happy. Absurdly happy. But too many times we got Christians walking around they got a corn cob. I'm, I'm just going to tell it like it is, man. They just walk around just all stuck up, miserable. That ain't following God. That's dumb. He promised that they would be completely courageous, absurdly happy, and in a wreck all the time. Think about that. He promised them that they could be completely, that they would be completely courageous, absurdly happy, and in a wreck all the time. And that's, that's the Bible. But we have an eternal place prepared for us. If it was not so, he would have told that. Today is the day that can change your life if you're willing. We talked about insanity versus Christianity. You can go from living in hidden fear to being completely courageous. You tired of being scared? You tired of trying to act like you're not afraid all the time, putting up that front to everybody? You want to be rid of that and just be who God called you to be? Then do those things that Paul talks about in 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 9. You want to go from acting like you have everything together to truly and absurdly happy? There are too many people walking around here 
acting like we got everything together. Your preacher don't have everything together, do we? If we knew what we was doing, we'd already done it. We're just following Christ, and we want you to, too. <laughs> also, también. You can go from living in hidden fear to being completely courageous. You can go from acting like you have everything together and being truly and absurdly happy. Who doesn't want that? You can go from your life of safety and dependence on what the world has to offer, and you can get in a wreck by bucking this old world and start following Christ. Do not be ashamed of who God called you to be. Quit posing. Quit acting like we have everything together. Because the same promise God made to those 12 first cowboys he made to us. You can be completely courageous. You can be absurdly happy. And you are going to get in a wreck. And it's the cowboy culture is the only culture on earth that celebrates our wrecks. So the next time you get in a wreck and you're going to be hurting, you're going to be banged up, busted up, you just know that God's going to use it for his glory and his glory alone. I'm going to ask you this question, asking everybody this question. What if you had one shot? What if you had one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted? Would you capture it or would you just let it slip away? Here's the question. Will you not ride for the greatest outfit that has ever graced this place that we call the world? you want to do that? Because I'm offering each and every one of you a ranch job right now tough enough? Can you forsake everything else? Can you leave everything else behind and only follow Jesus Christ? My prayer is that every single one of you do, but I know that some of you won't. Don't let it be you. Listen up. This is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. You want to hear the most exciting news since the invention of toilet paper? Save the Cowboy wants to start a church in your area. We have a new program called Save the Cowboy Line Camps, and if you've been wishing that there was a Save the Cowboy in your area, then God is probably laying it on your heart to help me start one. Just go to savethecowboy.com and you can email me for more information. Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitch and Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitch and Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.